Hey guys and welcome back to Athena Me with you go the hooligan. How's it been? How's it going? Um warning. Just straight up warning. Uh this is gonna be a very different type of episode. Um I'm going to go into depth about a specific story that I read and it's going to be very dark. Um if you're sensitive to any topics, please avoid this episode. This is not for you. Uh so take this as your warning. Also, if you don't like spoilers, this is just not it. Uh, <laughs> I feel like you can hear it in my voice and I'm going to be kind of serious um, on this. So if you'd like to leave, it's a very kind of dark manhwa and I don't want to upset people. So if you're not wanting to be upset, then this is not it for you. I'll give you like a good minute to just leave. All right. No offense. It's fine. Bye. Okay. So, if you're staying, that means you're probably interested in hearing what I have to say and what the fuck I'm trying to talk about. So, it's this uh, show called Warehouse. This uh, manga called Warehouse. Now, um, I first found out about this via Amazon. It was recommended to me. Don't know why they thought that, but um, I think I get it a little bit. Um, so, <laughs> so, I ended up finishing this in like this weekend. You know, I had like... The weekend off i took friday saturday sunday off so you know pretty long weekend for myself unusual but i kind of had fun with it regardless so i chose to read this um it just kind of piqued my interest and i didn't really look into it too much it just seemed kind of dark and i was like okay well you know what at that moment i was like you know what i can I can enjoy something a little different. I've been kind of keeping myself on a strict, happier diet just because, you know, life gets you down and I don't want to be any more upset than I normally have to be. So, <laughs> stressed out life, you try to, in, like, indulge in happy shit. I don't know. just makes sense to me. Some people aren't like that and that doesn't make sense to me, but you know what? Whatever. It is what it is. So, let's get into the book. So, that's kind of what attracted me in the first place. Now, the art style by itself is actually quite beautiful very complex and it has very different angles and there's definitely like a style to it very noir if you know what i'm trying to say um very black and whitish very occasional use of color so whenever the color is there it really sticks out um and there's a lot of motifs now i'm going to start with saying that this is very dark so I'm going to explain it from what I kind of understood. On the surface, I'll give you like a brief summary first. The surface, um, it's a story about a 28-year-old man who works in a retail environment getting kidnapped and then tortured both physically and mentally by a mm, delusional past friend so that's the surface right like if i could break it down into the most simplest term that's what happened but let's go into it because if it was just that i wouldn't be talking about it um because <laughs> it would be like okay whatever but no this shit gets interesting so how do i say this so the story involves kim kim is our protagonist kim doyan He's 28 and he's kind of in this dead-end retail job working in a like cell phone store. It's a little low-key scammy, but you know, he's an attractive young man. Um, he's very 
big on the charming, but he is constantly in a state of reminiscing about the old times, the good old times. So much so that he has kind of the ability to block out memory, like repress memory. You know people who just don't really remember their childhood much? That's usually a sign of a bad childhood. So he doesn't really remember much of his childhood or his teenage years, except for the good things, which is mainly hanging out with friends, having a good time, you know, getting to spend his you know, his time and his life with his friends or whatever. Not uncommon by any chance or any, like, <laughs> like, um, by any, like, standards. So from what we get from his perspective was that he was a very popular boy who had a lot of good friends, clearly went on a lot of dates with women, and was just overall nonchalant about his life. And even his friends who knew him stated that he was very kind of just go with the flow type of dude. And that's what he remembers and what a lot of people remember. But the reality was that once he's kidnapped, he's now forced to kind of remember what it was that he inflicted on his kidnapper that made him kidnap him in the first place. So just so you kind of know about a little bit about the kidnapper, uh, he was kidnapped by Song Ho. Song Ho was actually a pretty interesting kid. But I, before I get into that, as an adult man, we meet him and he kidnaps Kim. And it's clear from the beginning, it's very personal kidnapping. Like he absolutely was looking for him. And in fact, he owns a warehouse. Why the store is called Warehouse. And in this warehouse, what he first did was recreate what seems to be the center of his trauma, which is a small warehouse in the back of a school. It seems that this is where his trauma began or centered or something along those lines. So that's what we get to know from him immediately off the bat. And he seems to have a very strong connection with Kim. Now Kim does not remember him. He really doesn't remember him. And even as he's being tortured, he's semi-tortured because he's um locked up in this bed and then he's being moved from location to location until he finally gets to the warehouse he doesn't know who his captor is he doesn't seem to recognize him and his his kidnapper is trying to make him really remember him he feels like he was wronged and to his face calls Kim selfish saying, you should know me. How could you forget? It's wrong of you to forget me. Kind of very accusatory and very passionate crime. So, unfortunately, there's a lot of uh, sexual violence in this against Kim. But it seems to Kim that he's trying to circle... He, he, re- he immediately recognizes that he's trying to recreate the center of his... You know, his fun time, his good times, which were located in the warehouse with his friends. So he's trying to memorize who his friends are because he hasn't even remembered who his friends really were. He's trying to memorize their names, their situations, trying to figure it out. And it wasn't until after multiple essays and a doubt where he basically sits there and says, 
can basically sit there and say, I'm tired of being tortured at this point. Just kill me. This turns um, Sun, Sun Ho murderous because in his mind, it's another version of him being selfish, of trying to find his way out of this situation all over again, pretending he doesn't exist, finding the easy way out. And he's resentful that some that Kim keeps trying to find a way out of things or at least that's what he's seeing it as so it's, it's kind of complicated right so in retaliation and in a misguided attempt to gain some response besides giving up from Kim Son, Son Ho ends up uh, how do I say this uh, violently uh, choking him to the point of unconsciousness and continues for a little while after to say that it was not a great move from his part is an understatement but uh, that was his way of trying to get him to stop trying to leave him because he's feeling very passionate and very disturbed by the thought of not possessing him so at one point we start kind of realizing that he doesn't just want to have to punish him he wants to keep him like that that becomes where we kind of get this image of this is a man trying to possess another so in his delusionary state he kim starts having dreams and he starts having dreams of the past and now in this past he's remembering his like his interactions and that's when the memory of Sung Ho finally starts appearing and he doesn't have all the details but what he's able to make out in his feverish state is that he had some kind of sexual relations with Sung Ho and he even believes himself that it was cohesion it was coercion like he abused him of some kind or at this point he's just trying to his mind is trying to find a way to rationalize what's happening so when he does wake up he kind of just in a way tries to save himself and it's like hey you know if i abused you if it was me you know like if you need to take your revengeance like just do it but it's not necessarily enough for Sung Ho. He's just like, no, you're, you're not getting it. You're not understanding. But he doesn't explain it that way. He just keeps on trying to use him physically. I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't like to say all these words. But you know what I mean. So in his misguided attempt, he's like, this is not enough. You need to really get to the root of what's happening. But his next revelation doesn't come until someone who prior worked with Kim, um, not Kim, uh, Sung Ho, ends up finding him, ends up finding the both of them in their warehouse. So let me explain to you a little bit more about Sung Ho right now, right in the present. Sung Ho in the present works as a kind of errand boy, but not like more like on the darker side of things like kidnappings and stuff like that like he he's an errand boy in that quote-unquote context 
and one of his co-workers is looking for him. And now we don't really understand it, but it seems like he has some kind of vendetta against Sung Ho. And this ends up being with them having a full-on brawl. Um, well, first and foremost, there was one attempt where they tried to get him in the warehouse, but they couldn't find him. And what they found was Kim. And instead of rescuing Kim, they left him there. Because um, the co-worker was accompanied by one of his kind of lackeys you can say and they leave him there and the lackey is kind of like hey you know shouldn't we like rescue him shouldn't we do something and he's like honestly i don't care this is not about that boy this is about getting sung ho because i'm tired of that man basically so they leave him alone but the lackey ends up taking a picture of kim being all tied up half naked abused in this weird makeshift apartment slash childhood warehouse getaway. Anyways, on the second time they come back, they do manage to find um, Sung Ho. And this is where things kind of start getting put, the, the pieces start getting put together. Because during their attack, um, Kim ends up getting hit in the back of the head. And knocks him out and puts him into like kind of a slight coma. And Sung Ho is left to kind of fight for his life and ends up being able to get away. But he does sustain a horrible injury into his arm. By the way, at this point, like a good, I believe it's a good month has passed since he's been kidnapped by, Kim has been kidnapped by Sung Ho. Uh, this is what I'm assuming from the timeline because at the end we find out it's been it was like around a two month time period Whew, moving on so during this kind of coma Kim actually starts remembering more details and he realizes that he didn't just have a sexual relation in fact he had a whole relationship there was actual love and there was jealousy and there was possessiveness in this relationship. It was an innocent love that turned a little darker, but not in the way that you would imagine. So ends up that the reason he Kim doesn't remember most of his life is because he had a quite a tragic upbringing. His parents died, his mother died, it seems like, and his father was left to raise him and then abandoned him. He was raised by his aunt and his uncle, and his uncle was very resentful of having to do so, while the aunt wasn't really much of help. So by the age of 15, he was already working, trying to support himself as best as he could, and trying to not really be a bother, but clearly suffering from the lack of um, parental support or any kind of emotional support. So what he would do is he would turn to his school and his activities to kind of portray a carefree personality, make the lifestyle he kind of wished he had away from his actual home. And this led him to kind of develop kind of like a second personality. And that does happen to a lot of kids of trauma. They often turn around and try to make a safe zone for themselves. Like, this is where I can be myself. This is where I can have experiences, etc., etc. Um, It's quite common actually in case someone didn't know like just gonna explain a little psychology that does happen for a lot of people that is why people have safe spaces safe zones it's because oftentimes in the abuse 
So your mind doesn't break. You create kind of this happier place in your mind, regardless of that. So he would um, kind of make this happier place of himself. And that's what led him to actually be quite the popular boy. People looked up to him. People had fun with him. He smoked. He drank. He was trying to live his life in a way that he deemed happier. Right? I, with no fault of his own, he was clearly misguided. And in his misguidedness, he ends up becoming friends. Now, they don't really go into too much detail on how he became friends with Song Song Ho. But all we know is that Song Ho was actually quite smart. In fact, he was the class president at the time. And, you know, he wasn't very talkative. He wasn't very a, like, super outgoing boy. But he was very self-motivated, which is kind of great for him. Right? Um, and their friendship kind of developed bec- uh, in a way like that. Like, um, Kim kind of made the first move. And things kind of progressed from there. Right? And then a relationship kind of developed but in their relationship, as Kim, you know, had a very dark and troubled youth, his escapism became reliant on Sung Ho. He started to see him not only as a place of security, but a place of food, a place of warmth, a place of understanding. And in that, he wanted to kind of possess that. You, you know what I'm trying to say? He wanted to kind of grab him and make him his whole world, kind of have him chase after, like have Sung Ho chase after him, right? Kind of playing mind games a little bit. I don't know if he purposely did that and it's unsure if it was just like him trying to reach out or him purposely being manipulative. But There was definitely times where he was in fact being manipulative and he knew it. But, you know, one thing led to another and then there was innocent kissing and then there was innocent like sexual relations etc etc until one day when he was going to school after you know they they had spent a while together and Sung Ho Kim kind of felt rejected by Sung Ho after Kim has been some kind of rejection by Sung Ho because he tried to give him public affection and somehow kind of turned it down. It was like, no, 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 this is school. This is, people are here. Absolutely not. He felt like, damn, like I have to play the hot and cold game with him just so that I can kind of get back to him. Cause he's my safe space. He's what I want. And I want him to, to, to want me, but it takes him, it takes it too far. And this is where there's a situation where Sung Ho gets escorted off school premises and basically calls their relationship, his relationship with Kim, disgusting and wrong. And at first, Kim is very hurt by this, but then he goes, you know what? I can't live with this kind of torture, so I'll have to just forget it. And that's what he does. He forgets it and he moves on with his life and he pretends that it never happened. Even though other people around him doesn't don't really understand what happened, 
he just kind of lets it go and he just continues to live on his regular life but in the background of that Sung Ho was actually at the time pining after Kim when he was a teenager he found himself pining after him and he felt like what Kim had done had been abusive and had been selfish and had been aimed to destroy him and had taken advantage of his innocence but the reality is he wanted him he wanted to participate in all these situations but he didn't know how to kind of express himself so in his mind he was being violated but the reality is he was in a way a willing participant he wasn't necessarily a victim of cohesion or cohesion i can't say that word right now um but he felt like he needed to do certain things to maintain him but he also wanted to willingly participate but in his head to kind of make justice in his mind on why kim was playing games he made himself into a victim and basically thought to himself like to have him i need to control him now we never really get back to why the police were escorting him out but we do understand that he starts kind of having a mental break that time where kim was kind of playing hot and cold with him hot and cold with him it kind of broke something in him it affected him so drastically that he kind of broke down mentally it it pushed him over the edge and this led him to almost commit um an, an unaliving of himself especially when his parents had died and this is kind of the events that led him down this darker path that in his head he wants to undo everything that was done and re-perform them again correctly mind you all of this is being based on his diary his own personal thoughts sung ho's idea of perfection is based on his diaries and those innocent thoughts that he once had that he has somehow managed to skew into a manual that needs to be redone and it's at this point where we end up in Sanghu's current home and now they're both kind of awake and they're both kind of in a way trying to mend what's happened but even in their mending Kim isn't blinded on what happened and he literally explains it like to Sungho is like hey like I know that this is how you feel but you understand that what you did was essay like you you essayed my body you abused me you need to be aware that I we can't pretend that these things didn't happen because at one point Sungho tries to undo everything and be like hey you know we can kind of just restart and he's like no you can't because this is what you did you did a b c and d understand that what you did was hurt me and you can't pretend that those things didn't happen and this really kind of opens sungho's eyes and basically he begs like hey what can i really do to make things better what is it that you need from me just speak to me and he's like 
bro, I need to either get with it or kill yourself, basically. Like, but I'm not going to pretend that what happened didn't happen. What more could you possibly want? So he's kind of like freaking out and he's having a meltdown because like, bro, like, look at what you've done to me. I'm still trying to work with you, but like, what the fuck is happening? Like, I guess it's like the Stockholm syndrome. I don't know really what's kicking in here. I don't know if he really does feel bad or he really, he's like, like, I don't want the you that I see today. I want the Sung Ho that I saw of yesteryears, the kind, safe space for me. You're no longer that. And of course, so what he does is Sang Ho, instead of talking through it and taking the accountability, he instead then drugs Sung, um, Kim. He drugs Kim and makes him go to sleep while he attempts to unalive himself in the living room. Fortunately for him, or I don't know for the story's sake or whatever, um, Kim ends up waking up in time to kind of help him but while he's trying to help him the co-worker ends up finding them and once again trying to attack them but this time uh his lackey kind of ends up stopping him and helping them kind of get away and uh, luckily for him they're able to get Sung Ho into the hospital in time and he ends up living, but obviously this is not going to go unnoticed. And so the police comes around and kind of riddled with his background, kind of wishing that he never had met Sung Ho. He kind of admits to killing him, even though that wasn't necessarily the case. He's just like, I'm tired of it. I just want to be left alone. I want to be away. Like, maybe this is why my life is so fucking miserable because I can't do anything right. But, you know... Sung Ho ends up living and basically causing in a suicide attempt, which pisses off the coworker because he's like, hey, no, fuck this. This guy tried to kidnap you and kill you. Fucking tell them, tell them. And he's like, Kim is like, no, he didn't do that. That was, that never happens. So while he's recovering, Kim ends up trying to go to the hospital again, trying to talk to him. But at this point, Sung Ho is like riddled with guilt. Like clearly, obviously, he's kind of coming a little to his senses about what's happened. And he basically says like all those days are like, all those days that were supposed to be special days to us are now marked with my assault of you. All of those are dates that I've assaulted you 13 times. That's how many times I've assaulted you. And I have to live with that. So leave, just go. And you only asked me to kill myself and I couldn't even do that right. So just get out. And, you know, Kim is like, no, like, I do want to work things out with you. I do want to be with you. And so in like a kind of this last ditch effort, he like grabs him by his neck and basically attempts to kill him again. It's like, hey, you know, I want to kill you. I want to cut your legs and cut your arms and keep you to myself so that no one else has you. But I don't want to be that guy. So you have to leave. You have to never come back again. And kind of shoves him out. So now Sung Ho is stuck in the middle of winter. No shoes. Bloody shirt. Trying to go back to the shambles of life that he left. But it's already been two months. Time. 
his apartment has been sold off. All his clothes were put in the sidewalk and there's barely anything left. And so he puts on what he can and he's feeling sick to his stomach about everything that's going on. He's unwell mentally in a way. So he's like, I don't, I don't want, I don't want to punish him. Kim's like, I don't want to punish him. I've already done what I've done. Like I've, I fucked everything up. I also have something. I also did something. I also blame myself for everything that happened because instead of communicating properly, I just kind of let everything go and I ran away. I didn't address things and if I would have done things differently, maybe things would have ended up the way they did. Maybe had I taken some kind of accountability, things wouldn't have broken down the way that they did. So what he does is he, in the last ditch effort, he kind of uh, goes back and burns the warehouse. Coincidentally, that's the same time that Sung Ho is going to the police to kind of admit to the crime and admit to seeing the crime where he, the police officer gets a call saying that one of the old warehouses is breaking down it's on fire. Now, for some reason, Sung Ho puts it in his head that, oh, okay, so he, Kim might be in there. He might be going back to burn the whole place down and burn himself down because you know, of all the things I've done. So he kind of jets out of there. He goes trying to find um, Kim and he finds his cell phone in the fire and he thinks, oh, he's definitely in there. So he goes in there. The fire's already put out because, um, you know, it's cold or whatever. And he can't find his body. But Kim ends up calling out to him. He looks at the door and it's him and he's still alive. And he's like, we can't undo the past. Here's your fucking diary, though. And he's like, no, like I can't forgive myself. He's like, yo, shut the fuck up. I get it. Your memories are based on this fucking diary, but this diary doesn't fucking own us. Yes, we have this idea of what perfect past would look like, but that's clearly not the fucking case because things always come back to us. So why don't we start fresh? And so, yeah, they basically you know, start trying to rebuild their lives. Um, Sun, uh, Sung Ho tries to go get a regular job or whatever, like a job in Texas agency or whatever, with his co-worker. It seems like they kind of put the beef away or something. Um, I don't know if that's actually the case that happened, but it seems kind of like they're inferring that he went back to work or whatever. And Kim goes back to working in the cell phone place. Uh, the boss never actually reported him as kidnapped, funny enough, or disappearing. Uh, he's a fucking dick, uh, clearly. <laughs> and then they kind of rent out an apartment and they kind of start living together with this idea of like, hey, we have to move forward. We have to not let things get to us and just try to figure it out now as we are. And it was like... Like, my stomach had turned so many times during this reading. And even speaking about it, it feels like I'm trauma dumping. But it really shows that what happens when you're so focused on the past and you can't, you just don't let go. And there's a lot of delusion. And I feel like they're both not necessarily better for it. I feel like the only person who got slightly better was clearly... Sung Ho, he clearly got something out of it. 
But I feel like Kim really didn't get much out of it, you know? Except to face his traumas head on in the most traumatic way possible. And I feel like these two people really just need some therapy. And I don't know. Personally, I don't think they belong together. It, it's... <sighs> It's weird because it's it reminds me of killing stalking where yes, no one's in the wrong no one's in the right, but I feel like in this one, someone's most definitely in the wrong and it's definitely Sung Ho. He's definitely in the wrong. And I know that, you know that Kim isn't a hundred percent innocent in this, but like I said, he was a child. He was a kid. You know, trying to navigate a life that was complicated. And when he saw the things get bad, he said, hey, let me just forget about it and move on. Which, I don't know, it really like resonates with me because I tend to do that same thing too. It's just like, hey, you know, I can't control it. But what I can do is I can let it go and I can move on with my life and keep going and figure things out from there. And I feel like if Sungha would have just had that mentality too things wouldn't have progressed this far he wouldn't have turned into the monster that he did but it was his obsession with the past it was his obsession with having and possessing and controlling scenario and that made him create this delusional world in which his plan would work and even he said it like during his essay he he felt like he was trying to connect with him and I'm like that's not connection like that that's delusionality I don't know it was a really dark story and a lot of my stomach like I felt a lot of like discomfort from the pit of my stomach like very much like the same way I felt from like killing stalking but in this one there's a lot less gore <laughs> I feel like that's definitely like the difference it's, there's a lot less gore so it's a lot more palatable to me because I remember reading Killing Stalking, I had to take multiple breaks and multiple stops. And this one, yes, my stomach hurt, so I had to keep going to the bathroom because I was like, I don't know, something about that just doesn't work with me. But it was a bit more palatable, even with the more sexual scenes. It was still a bit more palatable and understandable than Killing Stalking was. Now, in no way or shape or form do I recommend this as a read because that's just how I feel. I don't like reading overly dark things. It makes me feel blah. And so I don't like when people also feel blah. So I'm just going to tell you the story here. But if you do want to read it, it's definitely worth reading. I'm not sure about the ending and it left me a little bit dissatisfied, but I understand the ending wasn't for me. It was the writer's ending. That's what they chose. And I have to respect it whether or not I like it or not. But it was definitely an interesting story. And that's really all I can say about that. So if you listen to this, you know, congratulations to you for listening in. But, um, yeah, it was dark. And I just, I don't know how to end this except for saying, you know, goodbye. Um, I hope this is a ruiny day. I hope you guys are good. And... Have a good weekend, whatever's left of it. Alright, bye.